You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hi, friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 169 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron and my co-host is Ken Melvoinberg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. In this episode, we're talking about femme dominance with Jackie Grio. Jackie is a storyteller from Baltimore who believes kink is about the power of imagination. Jackie encourages everyone, especially people of color, to explore their fantasies without shame. This sadomasochist switchinatrix says, quote, my ancestors didn't die so I can fake my orgasms, end quote. Their proudest accomplishment in kink includes editing Perverts of Color for two years, a zine dedicated to celebrating the diversity of perversity through art and prose. Jackie Grio recently opened JKToys.xyz, that's with a Z, by the way, a black, queer, kinkster-run online adult toy retailer that's excited to help other adults explore new adventures for their playtime. You can see Jackie's full bio and all of their links in our show notes. Now, femme dominance is widely misunderstood, and people in that role are often subtly and not so subtly disrespected, devalued, and held to different standards than their masculine counterparts are. And this applies to lifestyle play, to sex work, and in community leadership. And if you're a femme of color, it goes real deep. Jackie, in this conversation, talks about their experiences existing in kink spaces as a femme dominant, both in the lifestyle and in sex work. We talk about how default world misogyny and gender expectations skew DS dynamics, despite the fact that we're supposed to be playing different roles than we do in the real world when we're kinking. We also talk about how to compromise when it behooves you, but to do it in a way that is always on your own terms. We examine the role of entitlement. You know, when is it a deterrent, a negative, and when and who should embrace it more? And also how those curious to exploring their femme dominant side can work past barriers and the imposter syndrome that so often plagues us. Oh, I am telling you, this conversation, that little synopsis does not do it justice. Just you wait. But of course, first, we got stuff to do. We got to wash the balls, right? That right here on American Sex Podcast is what we call housekeeping because it's so much more fun to soap up some twins than, you know, talk about housekeeping. Okay, so first, on the 29th of September, that's coming up this week, I'm having a virtual town hall discussion with Aaron Tillman about the importance of soft skills and a strategic approach in BDSM. That's on behalf of Sex Positive Los Angeles, so I'd love for you to join us. Also, that video conversation I had with Midori uh, for her Consent Dojo series, 
If you missed it live, that's okay, because you can still catch it. So this conversation was about the factors that skew consent. And the replay is only available until mid-October. So hop on that. In that conversation, I reveal my revamped consent self-analysis tool that goes by the acronym POSSUM. That's spelled P-A-S-S-M, because in a Chicago accent, you say it possum. And if you're envisioning some sort of consent possum mascot merch, oh, just you wait. Stay tuned. I'm, I'm already, I'm one step ahead of you. Also, if you're a mental health professional or care provider, that includes, you know, therapists, clinicians, practitioners, et cetera, you know, people who do provider work with clients, do not miss the class I'm teaching for K-Pact on the psychological appeal of kink. That's on October 15th. All of these links that I've just talked about and that we're going to be talking about in the rest of this conversation are in our show notes. So you can go to americansexpodcast.com and search for episode 169 or on whatever podcast player you're listening to right now, just go to the episode description and it's all there. And while you're in that episode description, if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode of American Sex. In those links, there's a whole lot more. You're also going to find the link to our kink and sex positive discord server, which of course is also free. We'd love for you to join us there. And there's also a ton of discount links on awesome gear and sex accessories, not only for the sponsors of this week's podcast, but there's a bunch more too. So go check it out. And oh, last thing, you know what time it is, right? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Zach and Imogene for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, wait, podcast patron, what? What's this? What? I want to do that. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash American Sex, and you're going to get stuff too, like bonus audio from our guests, which Oh, there is a story up from Jackie right now that I don't even have words to describe. It is so fucking amazing. I'll give I'll clue you in a little bit. They call the story the bottomless bottom. That's all you need to know. It's all I'm saying. You got to go hear it. If you become a Patreon member, you'll also get sent American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. I'll give you a shout out on the podcast and a lot more. Ken and I give the majority of our content to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. By the way, I'm back being really active on TikTok again, and there's been a lot of conversations about the phrase, safe words can be abused, which I don't agree with. And go to my TikTok and you'll find out why. Anyway, uh, yeah, we do a lot of stuff for free because we believe that these conversations are so important. They are relationship improving, life changing. They keep people safe. And in some cases, they're even life saving. Everybody should have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow that content to remain free for everyone. So, you know, hey, I could say, please, Become one of our Patreon members because you're saving lives. Really, kind of. Uh, go to patreon.com slash American Sex to do that. Okay, these balls are clean. Here is our conversation with Jackie Griot about femme dominance. 
on the line is Jackie Grio, and I'm really excited because we were chatting just before I pressed all the red buttons and started recording about femme dominance. And I don't know, it was a little bit of a bitch session, but I think it's a very necessary bitch session. Um, so hi, Jackie. How are you? Hey, Jackie. I Hi! Oh my goodness! How are you guys doing? Sunny and Ken, you're so cute. Even though I can't see you, I'm looking at your picture. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> my beard, my beard looks amazing today. I just have to say oh, that. I bet, oh, yes. I bet you're luxurious. You better stop flirting with me because I like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So okay, bitch session. Mm-hmm. Bitch, bitch, bitches are my favorite. First off, yeah. Say. Bitches a couple more times just because it's a great word. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. yep. Yep. So we were talking about this topic because it's really important to me, I guess, just to give a context, um, my leather family, and I'm going to say leather family in the sense that, uh, you know, people know about gay houses and from watching shows like Pose. So a leather family is sort of like the equivalent of that in the kink BDSM world. Mm-hmm. And so my leather family is majority black femdoms, black women who have professional experience um, being doms. And so I'm just so fucking blessed that I found this perfect unicorn land where all of these beautiful black dominant women were living and then they accepted me into the fold it feels like if you want to talk about fantasies this is my actual fantasy so um when i got there i just was like these people are amazing right right and then when i would go to places with them into the larger community i just got really used to seeing the levels of misogyny and disrespect and sexism that that was really unique to dominant feminine people Uh and it was pretty wild to me it's like everyone wants them they're this commodity people literally give them their paychecks please do all these things if you could hear the the phone calls and the emails that i get oh mistress this do this step on my balls (laughs) throw me out of a plane you know anything they just want all the things (laughs) But then when they actually deal with you like people, it's just so, so disrespectful. And I've noticed it's really specific to people we perceive as aggressive and feminine. Yes. Um, So I really wanted us to talk about dominant films because I know so many dominant feminine people who don't really feel like they can explore their power. And part of that is because of the way our community is almost set up against them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, oh my goodness, you are speaking my language. You know, it's so not interesting you say that because I know you and I are on the same page and we've had the same experiences with the misconceptions about female dominance, femme dominance. And I almost feel as if, and you know, I am pansexual, so I dominate everybody. But when I'm specifically dominating men, and they do treat me more like, uh, not all of them, but I'll, I'll have this like certain group, you know, that treats me more like I'm a stereotypical pro-dom or dominatrix. And it's very much, you know, oh, yes, d- dominate me, you're everything, you know, whatever it is. And then, yeah, when the scene is over, that flips 
There's the misogyny. I almost feel as if not even that I'm I'm a service top because I I like service topping. I feel almost as if even though they are supposedly being the submissive or the bottom, I feel like they're actually the dominance. And it's 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 a different vibe than like topping from the bottom. It's almost like I'm being exploited, I guess, is a, a good way to put it. Like, would you does that resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that power dynamics are funny because we talk about them like, oh, the submissive is the one with all the power or, oh, the mistress is the one that's completely in charge. But it's actually really specific to the people involved. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm a sex worker and you're my client and I need your money and I feel a certain kind of way about it, maybe there is a power disparity. But also if I feel empowered by it, maybe there isn't. And it's really sort of specific to the people and how they're treating each other. Like, are you going to throw the money on the floor at me? Or are you going to talk to me differently after? Like there's things make it make a context, you know, like how it happens. Right. Yeah. But I think because society just doesn't know what to do with uh, women or feminine people who take charge, they just don't have a space for that. You're sort of supposed to be serving someone. So then a lot of folks, will come to a dominant person and still expect her purpose as a woman or as a feminine person to just be serving. Even if she's in charge, they're interacting with her almost like she's a waiter or she is, you know, you're getting a massage from her. And, and it's, it's a shame because waiters and masseuses shouldn't be disrespected either. (laughs) So it's just fucked up all around. Yeah. You know, you're understanding how you deal with service in general, we're fucked up to all of our service people, let alone the service tops, let alone mistresses, let alone people society has told us that we don't have to give that level of respect to. And I guess I'm, I notice it most because of the flip side. Like when I have friends who are men and they go to dungeons and they don't dress up at all, they wear dirty sneakers and jeans and a t-shirt and people will just be ready to give them master titles like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, daddy, such and such. Yeah. He just got here. He came with me. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) But (laughs) I brought that motherfucker here in my car, but because he has a penis or because you perceive him to be masculine or because whatever your hang up is, you're ready to give him a level of respect that I don't get. I've been the teacher at events. I've hosted events and then had guys come in off the street and people were treating them literally bowing down, getting on the ground. Oh, you, you're such a natural dominant. What the fuck are y'all talking about? Oh. It, it's pretty wild. And there's like the extremes of it, but then there's like the subtle disrespect where, you know, when you have your little leather groups, how many dominant women are running your group? Right. Yeah. You know, everybody wants some submissives running around in your group, in your club and whatever. But how many times do you have a woman who can speak her mind? in a position of leadership, even in kink settings. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I guess the big question is, in kink, you know, we fool ourselves a lot. We have a lot of myths, obviously, that come from within our community, you know, not even to mention the myths that come out from the vanilla default world about what we do. Um, But we're just as bad within our own circle. And absolutely. 
in in kink, you know, theoretically, if we're in a scene or in a dynamic or whatever, we are supposed to, um, you know, put all of that stuff aside, put our real world power dynamics aside, and assume another, you know, power dynamic way of being whatever it is within the safe container of kink, like theoretically on paper, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, but I am realizing more and more, and it's especially apparent with with femdoms and female dominance, that uh, even though we're supposed to put those power dynamics aside, those default world power dynamics are so fucking powerful, we can't, even when we try. Um, so describe to me, like, so we know what you know, this relationship looks like with a female dominant being completely disrespected and, you know, the the uh, stereotypical male submissive that really is exploiting. What would it look like in a perfect world? What would a DS relationship with a female dominant actually look like? So try to break the stereotypes of what people think it looks like. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to do that, but I want to make a caveat real quick, which mm-hmm. is that my examples are women who are sex workers and women who are lifestylers. Okay. And so I do think it's different for folks who are only navigating one. Right. Um, because the way a woman who's a sex worker is treated in our community is different than the way a woman is who is perceived as not a sex worker which is fucked up but it is what it is so um coming from that space what it would look like is she's in charge she's in charge of how we're gonna treat each other like what our dynamic looks like you agree to what is discussed you have obviously always have a point of view you always have a, the ability to leave you always can feel safe where you are like some of that is a given but mm-hmm. that blanket permission that we give daddy that blanket understanding that master gets that still has to be negotiated of course but it's like a man can come in the room and he can be like, I want to live in slave. She's got to suck my dick every day. I want dinner and I want this, that, and the third. Like they can have a list and be very clear and the community has room for it. But if a woman says, I want to live in slave and he's got to fuck me every day and I don't want to have to work. Like it's already starting to fuck with people's perceptions of her. Mm-hmm. Not even him. Like her, why do you want to stop working? Why is this man got to give you all his money? Oh, you just a hoe. You want you just want to take some guy's money. Like there's all these stories. I'm yeah, not sure, but that- you just made me smile so big when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a legit question. Um, how often do you think that the trope of the angry black woman comes in from submissives as opposed to just stern dominant? Every fucking motherfucking day. Yeah. Every second. And and that's fine because it's part of my money. I mean, not to be fucked up, but it's like if I'm going to be a fetish object, I know what they want. If, whether you call it race play or not, like I'm not stupid. You want a version of me that fits this idea that you have. It's not about Jackie. It's about the role that I'm playing. Unless, of course, we're developing a relationship. But even then, to some degree, it's still about the role. Oh, yeah. So you choose to know me until we know each other 
So I don't mind playing the role. I'll be a bad guy for fun and profit. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to do it in the ways that I want to. Like, I'm very clear about, for me, my specific boundary is I only do race play if I'm in charge. So we're not doing no plantation play unless you buy me the land. Yeah. And then I get to make you run around <laughs> like a like a pig or a horse or whatever the ah. fuck. That's great. Like, let's do that. I want some reparations play. That's what I want. Oh, God, but, yes. You know, that's my kink. I'm cool with it. I'm not hating on other sex workers and what they do because that's not my business. I, you know, everybody's got their line. Cool. But that mm-hmm. that was how I found a way to be like, no, I'm not going to let you. We're not going to use certain words just because I know you want it. You can't afford what it would cost for me to have to pay my therapist to deal with the aftermath of your yeah. little sad orgasm. So no, we're oh, not doing God. that. Oh my goodness. I want to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I want to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a whole nother layer, you know, and, and spe- I always try to speak or try to imagine what, our listeners are thinking or what their point of view is listening to this conversation. And we call our our listeners American fuckers. So for the American (laughs) fucker listening along, and let's say it is an American fucker who's a white American fucker who doesn't who might be like, Oh, yeah, okay, I get the power imbalance with like, Oh, like gender. So okay, cool. But talk about that layer of now being a woman of color in this position. Um, some people are rude. I've had white men literally try to haggle my prices. They say, well, that white girl costs this much, so you should only cost this much. What? You know, uh, it's like, absolutely, you can sake. burn in hell. <laughs> for fuck's sake. I'm now out of your price range. That's exactly what it is. Um, and I've had like clients who are like, oh, I just really want, you know, a black girl because da 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 And that's kind of fun sometimes, but it's also just the other side of the coin, where it's like, uh-huh. you want me to be fun Keisha, you know, for you. That's cute, but also it's still problematic because you're still projecting things onto me. I just have decided that I will do a certain amount of that for money. Right. Yeah. But the thing my family has taught me is that you have to make it fun for you. Like, even if you're not into the whole fantasy that this person is, if you're going to consent to it, whether it be for money or for fun, the dominant part is you find a way so that you're still in control of it. Uh So, yeah, maybe... You know, he likes feet and so I'm walking on him, but I walk on him the way I want to walk on him. I'm not taking no fucking constructive criticism. You wanted me to do it. I'm going to do it. Like you get to tell me what your kinks are and I can choose from that menu, but you don't get to micromanage every element of it either. I'm running this bitch. So that's my power that I get to take. Like, yeah, I may be walking on this white guy, but I smushed the hell out of his face and I took his money and I laughed at him with my other girlfriends. And we had a good time about it because we're like, that motherfucker really wanted me. And he couldn't have me how he wanted me. He could only have me how I allowed him. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. They want more. They want all of it, but they can't. The power is you get the piece I give you. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, as I'm as I'm just getting more and more engrossed in this conversation, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm I'm comparing it to my experiences because, you know, I'm lifestyle. I've also done phone domination and it totally Mm -hmm. resonates with me what you're saying. Like when there is money involved, I am willing to 
compromise a bit, but still compromise completely on my terms, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. However, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot lately about the role of entitlement in domination and how, you know, oftentimes we think of entitlement if if we frame it as like, you know, a dude uh, overstepping and abusing and using their entitlement, we think of it as a negative thing. But on the flip side, you know, I say like, what entitlement means, and if it's negative or positive depends on who you are, and where you are in the greater power structure. So for um, let's say woman, right? And I went through this as I was, I guess, learning to be dominant. I started out as submissive because I thought I was supposed to be because mm-hmm. I was a woman. I was just about to say, <laughs> they, do, they do that to all of us. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. But you don't hear that from men. You don't hear people telling men, oh, you need to crawl on the ground for three years first and then you're allowed to dominate a woman. Yeah. No yeah. one tells you that. Yeah. But like every, and there's a really interesting story. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, but go for me it. of something like my, my leather mom, she told me how when she, she didn't, she wasn't a submissive ever. Right. And so she finally met her leather mom. And at that moment, you know, she was like, I'm going to be submissive to you. And she got down on her knees and was like, you know, you're this beautiful, dominant black woman. I want to be a dominant black woman too. I'm going to serve you so that I can learn how to. And then, you know, um, Mistress Mir just told her, was like, baby, you can get up. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And it was just a really profound moment for her to be like, women, specifically women, are taught you have to crawl uh-huh. before you can learn. And it's so, I, I think it, it, on one hand, it did give me an empathy to understand both sides, but it also proves the level of entitlement that the the years I do as a submissive in order to finally get some respect, men don't have the equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no one's making them learn how to serve others. Yeah. And so that, that, that like they're, they're meant entitlement, right? Men come into a, a, a kink space, be they submissive or dominant, and they feel entitled to be served by somebody there. Mm-hmm. And women come into a kink space and they feel pressured to have to serve somebody, be it as a top or a bottom. Yeah. And and that's everywhere. Every I don't care where you are in the world, what your community is. If you come in as a dominant woman, people at most will call you a switch. Right. You have at to most. earn your dues. I mean, even I, outside of the kink world, you know, in the mm-hmm. business world, in the whatever world, if you come in with some kind of, you know, authority, leadership, whatever, you, you have to earn your dues. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. as a woman, where if you come in as a man, you know, like, let's say you're a new hire in a company for some kind of management position. Cool. You're the, you're the new manager. Awesome. If you come in as a woman, okay, let's size her up and check her. See if, is she really, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she has to earn that. And, you know, thinking about the entitlement piece and me when I was a, a new dominant, and I think about the things that kept me from even recognizing that me wanting to be dominant was an option. And it it was, yes, it was the outside world, but a lot of it was self-imposed because it's like, I thought that was my place. And mm-hmm. the um, negative association with entitlement, because we oftentimes frame entitlement 
with somebody who has the most privilege. And we don't think about what entitlement looks like for somebody who's marginalized. And for me, it was learning to embrace, accept, recognize, and wield my entitlement. I thought I was not supposed to have entitlement. I thought I was selfish if I did. And Mm -hmm. um, that kept me from really like feeling comfortable being dominant, knowing how to be dominant, the imposter, you know, all of that stuff. It took a, I couldn't just go, okay, walk into my first dungeon. I'm going to, I'm a dominant. Let's do this. Like Mm -hmm. it was a process to years to get mentally prepared to actually step into that role. And then when I did inside, I was still shaking in my boots. Like it just didn't feel right. It's just, you know, now it does, but it it literally has taken years. Um, May I I mention something real quick on the, on the flip side of that? Cis hetero white men. This doesn't mean you're bad in any way, shape, or form. What it means is you're either buying into entitlement or you're not recognizing entitlement. It's it's really that simple. And your life will change simply by acknowledging that you have certain things about your life that are going to be easier because of the color, the color of your skin, because you have a penis between your legs. And because you love the opposite sex, this is something that is incredibly important. It doesn't mean you have to do anything other than simply recognize that you have that entitlement. It's simply that's it, it really is simple. Yeah. And that's a huge ass first. <laughs> like, it's painful. You know, no, it's, it's to- like as somebody who's like, like you are completely blindsided in many ways, just not knowing having been catered to my entire life. I've got white privilege. I've got cis privilege. I've got hetero privilege. I've got military privilege. I've got old dude privilege and I've got tattooed privilege. Like you've seen what I can get away with, with just like, just like bullshitting my way because I have had so much entitlement in my life. And right now I'm having a hard time figuring out that I'm not so entitled and that I don't, I'm not allowed everything. And that's very difficult to wrestle with when society tells you, you are above everyone else. Nobody is above anybody else. We're not. And we're not entitled. We are privileged. And this is important to recognize. It right. really is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think, like, especially in this, in the industry I work in, you're going to deal with a lot of different kinds of people. And it's not even about... everyone's allowed to want things. You're allowed to have fantasies. No one's saying you can't want to do something with a a dom. A lot of folks just don't know how to translate what they want into a direct expectation that you give to a stranger that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a giant leap between I like black girls. I, I hope I can meet one who yells at me one day to as soon as I meet one, I'm now going to be disrespectful because I don't know how to actually talk to people. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not trying to be all hashtag white guys because it's not even about that. It's more like we all need to learn social skills, y'all. There's social skills for kink, too. Mm-hmm. You can't just be horny and talk to people from your penis energy you have to talk to people even service providers even sex workers guys you know you have to talk to them with respect before you can get the thing you want we're not like fantasy vending machines you just put money into and then you get orgasms like we're alive yeah and that's the entitlement like we're people we're not just your fantasy Mm -hmm. do y'all think that it's sort of the um 
grown-up equivalent of pulling pigtails. What do you mean? Uh, like little kids and auto, like a lot of time, little boys specifically would, in order to get attention, will go up behind a girl and pull their pigtail or like be mean to them intentionally in order to get attention because they are privileged. They do have entitlement. Absolutely. I mean, it's like a crank caller. You know how many people yeah, call yeah. cranks? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're harmless. They're wasting my time, but generally they're harmless. But then it's like that same demographic also has like incels in it. And, uh-huh. yeah. and so we can't assume they're all harmless either because they're unfortunately they're getting in their own little circles now and circle jerking each other off and turning into fucking terrorists. Yeah. And they are murdering people like trans people, queer people, women, everybody because of their own little dick frustrations. It's like, it would be fine if you were just a piss ant, you don't, but then at some level they take it to, destroying or harassing other people so yeah the guy with the pigtails was cute when he was five when he's 55 and now he's fucking with everybody around him or just being really sex negative for attention i i don't know where the line is and then you don't really find out until he hurts somebody Uh uh-huh yeah i feel like if people know if you when you have friends who start to go down the route the route of like friend zone conversations or like woe is me, nobody wants to touch my penis, or, you know, when they start going that way, somebody needs to say, hey, Mikey, cut it out. It's not that deep. Like, you can meet people. Just don't be fucking weird. Like, there's got to be some (laughs) kind of... (laughs) I don't know how to put it, but, you know, there's got to be some sort of team that swoops in, like the Avengers, and, like, tells these guys to calm the fuck down. Like, there's so many guys who talk themselves out of pussy. If y'all would just chill out, you would get way more pussy. Believe it or not, people still want to have sex with men. Y'all can get sex. Yeah. You're just fucking it up for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, oh, God. You know, and it it all boils down to – it's so funny because, like, any conversation I have about – Power dynamics, you know, then slips into real world power dynamics, then slips into all the ways that patriarchy has harmed all of us, no matter our fucking gender. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it all goes back to the same bullshit. But like uh, Mikey's friends, like the ones that are that do have a little bit more of a clue or a little bit more emotional intelligence, you know, literacy. uh, Mm -hmm. Talk to Mikey. You're the ones. You're the ones. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because the thing is, once again, people who don't respect dominant women don't listen to dominant women. So we can be like, hey, that's fucking rude. You're being disrespectful. But if you're used to disrespecting women, you're not going to start listening when they tell you you're being disrespectful. Totally. You're either going to you're going to amp it up or go harass somebody else or it's going to escalate because you haven't been checked ever from Uh your behavior and that's the entitlement that's really scary that's when people start doxing you outing you to your job fucking with your relationships you know it's it goes too far yeah and mikey is an old white boomer that works at pet boys i don't know why i just see this guy (laughs) in my head i know him (laughs) (laughs) i know him i know mikey he's a great client when he acts right but sometimes you got to block him for a couple weeks because he doesn't know how to act right yeah yeah absolutely and it's like going back to the entitlement thing so we've had this whole conversation about how entitlement is horrible and entitlement is horrible framed in the in the context of mikey however 
Now I'm going to the American fucker who's listening along, who's a woman of color, who maybe is like, you know, I have always wanted to be dominant. There's always, you know, there's something in me that's like, I want to do this, but I haven't actually exercised it in my real life. And let's say this person is a, is a lifestyle person. Embracing that entire, like getting to the point where it's like, oh, I need to learn, to, you know, as a woman of color to embrace my entitlement to say, no, you actually deserve this shit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to jump through all these fucking hoops that you think everybody wants you to jump through. And that you think that because they usually do. Um, that in at, at least in this safe container of kink, and this is why now that I am dominant and I got the ovaries to actually exercise my dominance and be dominant and embrace my dominance, I love it because it allows me to wield power and entitlement in a way that I am not allowed to in the real world. And to me, that's like the hottest fucking thing ever. Um, <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to that American fucker listening along who's a woman of color who's like, mm, I really want to, but I don't know how. I don't know how to take the first steps. I don't know how to get over like the mental imposter syndrome. What would you say to that person? Okay, first off, welcome, sis. It's going to be okay. Breathe. It's going to be okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, first off, the only thing most white men I've met have is the motherfucking audacity. Okay. And <laughs> I need you to reach inside yourself and find the audacity of a mediocre white man. It's in there. Just find it. All right. You're not qualified for the position. It doesn't matter. You're going to apply for it anyway, because you are a mediocre white man. All right. <laughs> Secondly, I, it's like, you, if you've worked retail or any customer service job, you know that managers do not have to be qualified or talented or professional. So you can get a role whether you are qualified for it or not, because that's life. Most people I know managers aren't qualified. So this whole idea of imposter syndrome for dominance, it's like we need to let it go. We're role playing or we're living in a world we create. Nobody is fucking qualified. Some people have more experience. Some people have learned tools that make it easier for them. Some people are fucking abusive, but nobody is qualified. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're just trying to find ways to do it that feel genuine and honest to you um find like an archetype or something about dominance that you aspire to like for me i'm into age play so i really like the mommy aesthetic so i'll be mommy and mo nobody has more power than mommy period i don't care daddy can sit down he's usually sitting down anyway on the couch Nobody has more power than the mommy, you know, archetype that I can draw up. You know, she's in charge. She gets the work done. You know, she can punish you. She can praise you. She's mommy. She's in fucking invincible. Or I can like channel an archetype of the, the pro-dom mistress. If that's the place you want to go to, or you can be a motherfucking fairy princess. Like, you get to be in charge. It can be as weird as you want it to be. And whatever you come up with, I promise you there's a man who likes it. There's a fetish for everyone. If you say, I only want to be a swamp monster, I promise you there is another guy who's like, all I want is a swamp monster <laughs> in my life. I want a swamp monster. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I swear it's so that's the best part about kink like even when I make up the weirdest stuff I'm like I'm an alien with tentacles then there's somebody who pops up like that's what I've always wanted because you could just do it and it's also like the energy of dominance coming from a woman feels so amazing for people who are looking for like looking for that specifically like just like some people really want daddy, some people really want mistress, some people really want mommy. And so you're going to be giving like this very specific flavor. It's not about imposter. Like they want what you do. They want you to do it your way. And so you just have to find your way. Can I make a comment about this, you guys? Yeah, sure. Um, what do you think about the role of costuming in how you feel about coming out for the first time? Because for me, it you know, it does it isn't necessarily that I made a huge investment or anything, but like having something to wear put me into a different persona. Because uh, like I started off as a submissive, and my mistress wanted me to dress in a certain way, and that really put me in the mindset. What do both of you think about that? Um, I mean, I love a costume. I'm sort of two ways about it because deep in my heart, I'm just a dirty nudist. All I want to do is walk around naked. <laughs> So I have to be like, whatever, whatever I'm doing at the end, we're all just going to be naked. So a costume is just the layers that I put on to take off so that we can be naked. And so my costumes, I'm not really into a lot of stuff, but I also know some people who have a fetish for clothes or some people really like the outfits or cross dresses or whatever. So I'm not against costumes and theory. I just personally am more primal and I'm going to rip all that shit off. So, um, but I do think in the beginning, even if it's not even a whole outfit, it could just be something as small as a specific necklace or some cute shoes or an apron or whatever helps you get to that place Yeah, is totally great. Like I have things that I really love at this point now, almost everything I have is some, this kinky to me somehow because I just, all my t-shirts are dirty, you know, dirty sayings or things like that. So everything feels some sort of kinky to me, but that's just part of my personal mm-hmm. lifestyle. It's all the same. But some folks may have a specific costume closet or certain times they wear certain things. I I think it's cool. You should play with it. Yeah. And it's all just stuff. Wear the shit, destroy it. Who cares? Just have fun. Yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of the, well, not the opposite. Like I lean into it more because I'm a never nude. Like I don't get <laughs> naked. So, <laughs> which is and, a whole, I'm a total like, naked person. Like can, I have to make sure that like, you know, somebody's not, you know, like, yeah, you run I don't even, I stopped wearing like swim trunks on our pool even at this point. No, like, but it. it's, it's totally normal. Like my um, leather grandmom is like that too. Like she's always got so many layers of clothes. Yeah. Like there's levels of levels. There's a petticoat. There's a petticoat under the petticoat. Totally. It's like levels. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sexy. Yeah, totally. And for me though, like that helps me put into that headspace, especially something like a wig. A wig mm. is like, oh, yeah. I am a I've different person. I've seen you transform person. completely. Like the first time mm-hmm. you played yeah. We were doing scenes like so many years ago and like all the wigs that you had back then. That was so amazing. Yeah, I still have them, but they're in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I occasionally pull them out for like Zoom events because people these days just see my head. So I just Mm -hmm. am in pajamas. It's so funny because I miss the old school dungeon parties. Well, I've I've had moments. I've had moments like on Zoom where from the neck up, I've I've like, you know, got the leather cap on and the wig Mm -hmm. and the makeup. And from the next down down i'm in like my holy stained pajamas and slippers like it's i love and hate zoom life (laughs) see that's my exact kink like i want to be half in fetish wear and half in pajamas (laughs) yeah 
At all times. Totally, totally. You know what I found, too, that really helped me step into my dominance was um, I did phone domination for a while, like mm-hmm. as a side gig. And that was great because it was almost like like the, the speed dating version of let's experiment with being dominant with mm-hmm. people I, you know, it's like it's on the phone. So I don't have to worry about how I look. None of that. I can play a different character with every phone call. I can experiment and see like, how does this feel? And then if it didn't feel good, the phone call lasted 20 minutes and I hang up and I never have to do it again. It was like a no commitment way to like have the buffet of dominance and to test it out. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to say that specifically phone dominance or phone sex or phone conversations is a great way to start because it's different than texting. You don't have to worry about writing anything down. It's different than FaceTime or Zoom. You don't have to worry about what you look like. You can just hear the words and the tone in the person's voice and they can respond to that. I think it's really intimate. Mm -hmm. So I would specifically recommend for like, if you're a long distance, what have you, don't try to do all the video calls because that can be added pressure, just literally phone conversation. Yeah. And I love it because especially when you're new at whatever you're doing, it's all imagination. So you don't have to be preoccupied with, okay, am I really super proficient in whatever technical skill that I'm topping at? Like, you can just put like, and I flog you really hard with a rubber flogger. That's as much as you need to know about flogging right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can really concentrate on embodying and like the emotional side and the, you know, all of the, the mental things you wrestle with and the imposter syndrome side. I love like phone is underrated. We live in this technology world and we think like phone sex, that's so 1992. Um, It's fucking amazing because like I can, oh, some of the things, some of the like giant orgies and all of these impossible things that either I couldn't do in real life or Mm -hmm. that would be dangerous or too risky to do in real life. I could have the most fucked up edge play. I could just throw a curveball in whatever scene we're doing and be like, and now I pull out blah, blah, blah. It's Mm -hmm. the best. So yeah, it's true. Domination for the win. Yeah, I 100% agree with phone domination because you can just pretend and it's fun. It's like, oh, by the way, uh, this phone has been on speakerphone the whole time and now everyone in the house heard you talking to me, even if no one's there. You're just right. saying shit, you know? And it's like, oh my God, now everyone knows I'm a slut. We or whatever your reaction is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is the fucking best. So like, you know, for people who are lifestyle, that could be, you know, either A, get a little sidekick, or B... You can find people online to to lifestyle play with over the phone, long distance, that sort of thing. Highly fucking recommended. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. The Dipsy audio app is full of short, sexy stories designed to get your blood pumping. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. 
There's stories describing that surprise hookup with your hometown crush that you never made a move on, or how about that coworker you always had a little thing for? Or maybe a story that puts you in a consensual compromising position with someone who's telling you exactly what they're about to do to you. Dipsy releases new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And for when you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's dipsystories.com slash sunny. So why do you personally use sexual wellness devices these days? To get your mind off politics, pandemics, climate change, or your love life? Or maybe you're just old school and you still do it just for fun. Well, whatever the reason, Satisfier. You need to know about Satisfier. Their vibrators and air pulse stimulators are incredibly affordable. Plus, they are amazing. Their new line of products is Bluetooth enabled and pairs with their Satisfier Connect app. So you can connect your device to your Android, Apple, and iWatch. It turns your phone into a remote control so you can go hands-free or you can use it long distance too. You and your partner or a sexy stranger you met online can use the app to play with power dynamics or just to get off. It also has disappearing private messages and all sorts of things like connecting it to your Spotify playlist and having it pulse to the music. I'll tell you a couple of my favorites from their collection, the Curvy 2 Air Pulse Clitoral Stimulator and the Dual Pleasure that has both internal stimulation and air pulse technology, but that's not it. They have so many fabulous new Bluetooth vibes in their collection. I don't have enough time to name them all here. You need to go check them out yourself. And of course, I got you the hookup too. Satisfier is offering our lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter the code SUNNY30, that's S-U-N-N-Y 3-0 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use the code SUNNY30 for 30% off. Let's talk about your particular, I don't know, style or embodiment of Mm -hmm. dominance. Are you, you know, you said you're mommy. Are you a sadist? Are you a punisher? Are you Oh, I am a mean mommy. Okay, tell me. I'm a mean mommy. Yeah, I'm a mean mommy. Um, I don't know what your viewers know, but uh, they're going to learn today. So (laughs) I, I love age play. I love sadomasochism. I love antagonistic play. Uh, I like things that are weird, role plays. I'm into that whole realm. Right. Um, and so I'm sort of, I guess, uh, I don't like saying edge player because it almost sounds like oh, I'm an edge player. <laughs> but I have to warn people that I, I'm not into light and fuzzy things. So some of the things that folks assume are kink, I don't really enjoy. Like, 
I'm not super into rope, for instance. A lot of people love rope. You know, you're you're allowed to love rope, but if I go to an event and that's all everybody's doing, I'm personally checked out. That's not mm-hmm. my kink. Yeah. You know, if, if no one's bleeding, I don't care. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. You know, everybody doesn't have to bleed. I understand that I can't always get what I want. But yeah, I, I consider myself <laughs> a mean mommy. So I like that. Yeah. She would have loved that one scene that we did where you were Joan Crawford and I was Christina. Oh God, that was amazing. <gasps> yes, yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. I liked all the sacrilegious stuff too. I know that's not everybody's thing, but I definitely helped with, you know, some Catholic schoolgirl correction scenes uh-huh. and did a couple baptisms that ended up sounding like waterboarding and Oof, I love <laughs> it. You know, I like the weird shit that if I believed in hell would probably send me there. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, same page. Same yeah. exact page. Um yeah. I, you know, I am very much like embrace my sadistic side. I'm a sadist through and through. Let's talk about the emotional ethics behind, you know, when you are are dominating and you are a sadist, you're mean, you're going to extremes. What do you have to be sure of? Or like what negotiation points or internal checkpoints do you have to remain emotionally ethical? Or even physically ethical, just, you know, all in all. That's this is such tough. a good question. I'm I'm going to do like a slight plug because we talk about this a lot on my podcast, which is the Mean Mommy Kink yes. podcast. Um, so it's like way too big a topic for the one question. So I only say that because if folks really want to know about the intersection of like sadistic evil plus light and fluffy, like age play, we specifically get into this, the crossovers of those. But in a general sense, you have to be able to do both. Like you have to be able to be consciously evil and nasty and fucked up and then consciously healing and encouraging and supportive. Um, you have to have the ability to do both. Mm-hmm. So you can't just be an evil motherfucker all the time and then never do any self-care for yourself or your person and you have to really trust the person that you're doing this with because as the as a mean mommy i'm taking a really big risk that you're not gonna flip on me later and call the cops and tell everybody that i'm a rapist or whatever other you know like there's gonna be a whole bad in relationships in horribly in kink and sometimes it's just because the folks involved were not compatible and Afterwards, the story turns into all different types of things, or the story looks really horrible from the outside. Nobody knows what was really negotiated. And so it just goes to the left. And I'm not talking about abusive relationships, I want to be clear. I'm just talking about people who broke up, and then afterwards, there were unfortunate consequences afterwards. Like some folks have seen people lose their kids, people lose their jobs. There's risks you take. Yeah. So I have to feel comfortable that I trust this person enough that no matter how it ends for good or bad, we're still going to agree that this was a consensual encounter and we're going to move on. I have to believe that they are taking enough care of their mental health and my mental health that we can actually do this without it going to a fucked up place. Yeah. Um, I have to know that they can say no, and I have to know that I can hear no. So what that sounds like is safe words and conversations beforehand. 
It's like this constant you're constantly doing this. Like it's not one negotiation conversation. Your your relationship is an ongoing re- relationship conversation. What you agree to, if it changes, if it needs to adjust. People get sick, people need time off, your dog dies, all kinds of stuff happens and you can't just do what you did on Tuesday that uh-huh. day. So trying to be mindful that we're all human and we make mistakes and it's not like one conversation, but I also know that the benefit of it is when you create that container together, then you both get to have these amazing experiences where you fly, where you get to get high off of your own brain chemicals, where you get to have intense orgasms. And then the the same person that you can go to that scary place with, and then later on you can huddle, like hug and cuddle and feel secure with them. It's really intimate to be able to do both with the same person. Uh-huh. So talk to me like that cuddling afterwards, the aftercare, because oftentimes just in general, when we're talking about dominance, especially who are, you know, sadists or like harder, you know, whatever that means, finger quotes, players, I kind of hate that word. There's a lot of guilt, you know, like, oh, did I go too far? Oh, did I, mm, uh, uh, that may come in in the aftercare phase that they need to hear, like, no, you didn't, you know, it was good. Da, da, da. How is that amplified or different for somebody who is a mean mommy kind of female dominant? And even, you know, not just a female dominant, but a female dominant who is marginalized, who maybe wrestles with those sorts of entitlement sort of issues. Talk to me about what aftercare might look like or needs might be. Um, I'm hearing from this that like, there, there is the level of people expect you to be mean and nasty and evil if you're a black woman uh-huh. and you have to be comfortable with whatever people's perceptions of you are, whether those are real or not. Cause some of the times people thought I were be I was being mean and nasty. I most definitely was not. Uh-huh. And some of the times I was it, it looked fine with something that I had negotiated with that person. You know, you really don't know what's going on in, in the relationship. That's one of the things about kink. You can't just look at it from the outside and give it, give it a name. People are doing lots of things. So I guess you just have to get really comfortable with being the bad guy or being the monster. And why is the, the monster awful again? Like, I don't understand if you like, the boogeyman and I'm the boogeyman, then it's not awful. We agreed to that. Or, you know, we play tag as the person who catches it. Is, is Are they the devil? No, it's a role that they're playing for the purpose of the game that everybody wants to play. Right. Yeah. And if you're Mrs. Claus and you're really mean and I'm Santa and you have a bunch of cookies and a giant candy cane. Well, I'm sorry. I look just, that yeah. was my thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the candy canes have a good curve for the prostate. Like, just, it's perfect. Just saying. (laughs) Look, I know know what list you're going to be on, okay? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, let's talk about why. You know, because you had mentioned, you you switch, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a switch. So, let's talk about what do you get out of being that mean mommy dominant and even to frame it in like compared to what you get out of when you are being in a more submissive role. Like what is, what's the draw? What, what is it? 
So um, I'm going to step back and say that I'm the kind of person who always likes intense stimulation. So I like hot sauce and I like roller coasters and I love horror movies and I love play fighting and I love arguments. So I'm always looking for my next fix. Okay. I'm Uh always just, I want something intense or weird to happen. And so my kick is the dopamine, the adrenaline. My kick is testing how far my body can go. Like sadomasochism for me was um, a way for me to really sexualize uh, my own experience, my my little rumspringa or my own little coming of age process. I got to explore my sexuality and survive some sexual experiences in a way that made me feel really proud of myself. Like I could do anything now because I just got my ass beat and I know I'm a bad motherfucker now because I can do anything. (laughs) And that's, that's the thing about kink. After you've gone through certain scenes, you just sort of are almost in shock at yourself. Like, wow, I can't believe I could do that. I did that. That's cool. Let me look at my bruises. Let me talk about it with people. I'm it's, it's a defining moment now in my life, much more than if it had just been a blowjob or something. Like I remember that experience. I use that experience as a, as a part of my identity. When I talk about who I am, I talk about sadomasochism and it's because I let people do things to me and I really enjoyed it. So I don't even think that's that weird though. People do that all the time. They do it with sports. They push themselves to limits all the time. It's just that when we sexualize it, it's like weirder for society or something. But Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I say the same thing. It's like, it's the same reason that we go to escape rooms, haunted houses, scary movies, roller coasters, like people run marathons. Like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah, why, why are you, you running? Run 26 miles. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Exactly. Or every time I watch the NFL and I'm like, they must really like smashing their heads together because they do that shit every week. You can't tell me that at least one of them boys got a heart on. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm whatever. I'm not supposed to bring that shit up. It made Super Bowl really weird, but you know, like clearly they're enjoying themselves. Totally. Totally. Oh my goodness. So, all right. So like wrapping this up, what, didn't we say about female dominance that you want to touch on or like, what do you want to drive home from this conversation? I just want folks to really look back at who is running the events, who is making the community a safer place. And it's a lot of different kinds of folks, but it's, it's a lot of them are dominant women, dominant femmes. And, they don't get the same credit that men do for less. They don't get the leather titles the same way. They don't get covered as often. Um, their households aren't treated with the same kind of respect. Uh, there's expectations on how they should look. If they're a sex worker or not, affects how people talk to them. Joining their households, like, if when when are the men are going to start joining these women's households to learn? You hear people joining households to get mentored. Why aren't men getting mentored by some of these women who have years and years and years of experience? In fact, when you start looking at the leather community, it's like lots of gay men. And then you have lots of women who are either switches or dominant, but they're out here doing a lot of great work. But when we talk about leather, all we hear about is the men, either the straight men or the gay men. And they're not the only ones who've been 
doing this. You wouldn't have kink without dominant women. When people think about kink, one of the first images, the iconic image of a pro-dom mistress standing up in latex, looking down at you, right? Uh Where did that come from? It came from generations of women who were out here risking being treated like whores, risking being, you know, coming up missing because people hurt dominant women. That's another thing we should talk about, specifically sex workers too. But some men come to them in the guise of I'm going to submit to you in order to hurt them uh-huh. because the idea of you being a dominant woman is too much. They want to hurt you, bring you down, train you, break you. Like that's a whole thing is how can we break women and make them follow whatever fucking agenda these people have? I don't know. I don't go to dumbass camp, but somebody's mm-hmm. going to the dumbass camp and decides to harass people, dox them, all kinds of stuff. And so it's just like, there's extra, there's extra um, things we have to worry about, and we're not getting the same type of due, and it just seems well past due. It's for everyone to want to be near one or to want to commodify a woman or to want to be able to use her labor for what the fuck ever. You have mistresses running some of these dungeons and these bars and stuff. No respect. Uh-huh. Getting no respect. Yeah. So... I just really want to challenge the notion that in this sexually free community, you can have people who have basically turned misogyny into their kink. Like I'm a man and I want a woman to serve me. I'm going to pretend that's a kink when it's actually the exact same thing society is doing, but I've pretended that, you know, so people who are literally just finding ways to make abuse using the languages of kink to enact it on our community and they can get free range, but Uh we stifle feminine people constantly. And so I really want to check that. I want people to be aware of it happening. I want us to have a language to recognize it. And I want to empower more women to be like, fuck that. I'm going to go to this party. I'm going to dress however I want. You're going to respect me as such. Just like he's master Jimmy. I'm mistress so-and-so. And that's what the fuck you're going to call me. Treat me like you would treat any of these other people here. That's what I want. And I I just know so many amazing, beautiful, dominant women, specifically dominant black women, too, because that's just my family. And it just continually makes me so sad. I'll tell you a real quick story and then I'm done, which was that we invited um, my leather mom and I, we invited, uh, I won't even say we invited him, but this dominant from California was coming to the East Coast is male dominant. And he wanted to get to know the, the, the East Coast leather community. And he didn't have anywhere to stay. He reached out to all the dominant men households that he could find and none of them invited him. So my mistress, my, you know, my leather mom, she invited him to her house. So we had this man come over. He's never been to the East Coast. She gave him this beautiful dinner and she's like, we're going to invite all of the, the male doms in the area to her house so we can all have dinner because she's lived there for like 10 years. None of these men, all these leaders of the community, none of them ever came to her home. She's been hosting events in her home for years. No male dom felt comfortable walking into her mistress house. Wow. So she had this dinner set up. I was sitting at the table and it was me and it was her, this one other man. And then all the other men decided that they didn't feel it necessary. Some of them didn't even call. They just didn't show up. So you're a man of honor, but you don't even respond to a woman's invitation. They never responded to her. They responded to the man at the house instead. 
So you never even told her you weren't coming to her home. You told her guest that you weren't coming. So just like these same people who talk about old guard and protocol and all this bullshit. And just casually disrespectful to women who have more experience than them. So that was just one example of things I've seen where people who are new come in and they feel entitled to, to become leaders of this community, completely disregarding the generations of women who created the space for you to show up in uh-huh. the clubs, the events they are making and running these events for you to show up with your girlfriend one time, tell everybody your master Joe. And then next year you got a cover and a title. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my only two cents. I just, I'm tired of watching it. And I just really want people to acknowledge the the efforts that women do specifically dominant women. Uh Yes. All the claps. Thank you. And I, I, I want to interject something and reiterate for the listeners, you know, and, and we talked about this a little bit a few episodes back on the episode we did with Luna Matatas on Daddy Play 2. It, it's not that, oh my goodness, if you're a dominant man, you're a horrible person. It's that it's kind of two types. You know what I mean? There are, if you are a, a dominant man, you know, especially like dominant cis white men, you have all the privilege and you're doing that with intention, and with self-awareness and with recognizing the default world power dynamics that affect your kink power dynamics and with with full not all of that stuff. Awesome. But on the same token, there are tons of men in the community. And, you, you know, at, at a glance, you can't really tell the difference that are using dominance just to amplify their like hyper masculine role in society and to dominate people who to, to, to basically oppress more and to get off on that and to wield their entitlement because society or whoever themselves, whatever tells them that's what they're supposed to do. And that's what makes them like a man, a masculine. And that's like, check yourself. If, yeah. if you're that dude, check yourself. You know, it's not that, that male dominance is bad. It's your intention behind it. I don't know. Did I, did, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I agree. No one is saying dominance in itself is the issue or that your gender in itself is the issue. But if whatever your gender or role is, you cannot appreciate that one, women exist, and two, they do not exist solely to serve you. And three, some of them are in charge and you don't have to try to control a woman who's in charge. But we already know the world we live in. Everybody's controlling women's everything. So of course, uh-huh. kink would not be any different right. than the real world. Yep. Sadly, you are right. Mm. Uh, this has been, I love, I loved this. I have one last question. Yeah. And this is just a, a quick one. And I, this, this sort of helps me define what people are about. Tell me three people we should be paying attention to right now. Like oh in kink or just in general? No, just in general. Just, okay. I want, I want no qualifiers. Three people. Three we be- people. I'm so bad at this because I literally, okay, I don't know anyone's name. I'm so bad at this. I just know the people that I like jerk off to. So I know like Dr. Manhattan, AKA Yaya, whatever his last name is. He needs to just be in a bowl with a spoon in front of me. <laughs> <so I can laughs> eat it. 
So I'm okay for that. And um, who else do I like? I'm trying to remember her girl's name. Um, basically every black woman from Orange is the New Black, every actress, there's like Danielle. There's like, um, I should remember my wife in my head, remember her name. But all of them are gorgeous. I really like um, Janelle Monae's beautiful. And... I don't know. Who else should I be looking at? Y'all can look at me. I'm cute on purpose yes. color. Yes, you are. Yes, you <laughs> are. And so you have a bunch of stuff going on too. You have your podcast. You just opened like a business. Like, tell us what you've got going on here. Okay, so after COVID started and everybody was home buying all those sex toys, I said, you know what? I'm going to open my own sex toy store. So you can find me at JK Toys with a Z. So J-K-T-O-Y-Z dot X-Y-Z. So that's my store. We have all kinds of things for you. I'm getting new things every day. Um, I'm also available for folks who want uh, virtual classes, and I do some limited in-person classes, but only if we're wearing a mask and being vaxxed because I don't play those games. And um, I also have my podcast, which just started uh, last month, uh, Mean Mommy Kink, which you can find on Spotify, and where me and my friend, uh, Miss Lola Sunshine, she's another black queer femdom. And we just talk about the intersection of age play and sadomasochism specifically because nobody else is and why not. And so that's been a sort of a fun project, too, because we're representing the mommies out there, the kink mommies, because daddy yes. is getting too much fucking press. And so it's time to represent for the pink mommy brigade. Yes, I love it. I love it. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, and I know that all the American fuckers listening along are having like brain explosions and ooh, ooh. So I thank you for that. Um, and yeah, y'all, all the all the American fuckers, go listen to the podcast, go check out the store. I will also have um Jackie's links in the show notes, which is the episode description on whatever podcast platform you're listening to or at americansexpodcast.com i'll have all your social media all your stuff if you've got any events going on give me the links to that i'll put them in the show notes and uh thank you this has been awesome i really appreciate it i've had fun too this is great so thanks for letting me come through all right until next time bye bye Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.